Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Racing. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. Thanks for giving us a call and joining us and rocking with us on a Friday. Call in if you want to talk sports. 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Check out the show, the site, RayandTayToday at gmail.com. You want to shoot us your emails. We're very show, social Social, social everywhere. A lot to talk about. We're going to be quick, hard hitting. And Ray, before we get to the positive, let's get the negative out the way. Some people are tripping. Okay, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It look, Carolina, North Carolina, and Minnesota Vikings. The game will be held, and I think it's a positive, right move. I think sports, as we always say, sports cares. Sports is a unifier, and as we've seen throughout our history in America, sports sometimes leads the way uh, socially for peace and harmony, and we're just praying that it does so right now. Um, Hopefully things get settled and and there's no more civil unrest in North Carolina. Maybe the mayor can get them to release the video and figure that out. Tulsa, Oklahoma, you got the charges, Ray, for the police officer, and Maybe we'll get some answers, but I think when you see the Seattle Mariners, Steve, whatever his name is, backup uh, catcher, getting suspended for his remarks, and then Mike Dicka, his remarks, I mean, it may, I don't know if ESPN knew he was getting senile or whatever, but Mike Dicka sounded like the crazy, insane old man, and I just, I, I think maybe people need to stop putting a microphone in front of Mike Dicker because he, he's just embarrassing himself, sounded ignorant. I'm very proud of Doug Baldwin, Ray. I think his statements were great, and he had, uh, what, the, who was it from Washington to reach out and tweet to him? The inter, uh, attorney general. And that's, I think, what we've got to do, because if you want change, it's got to go past protests and kneeling. It's, it's got to go to actual changing of laws, turning on cameras on cops, having, uh, you know, when someone does something that there actually are charges pressed. And also, you know, if I'm a cop, I want a camera, because if I'm a good cop, I want you to see that I'm a good cop. And I think that's the other thing. We've got to sort of... Uh, police each other. If I'm a cop, I would want I would want to stand out from the ones the bad apples. Just like there's bad apples in sports and the NFL and this and that. Your boy throwing pie in the face to Kevin Johnson, the mayor and the mayor gave him a two piece of the biscuit, right? You don't you don't you don't roll up on the mayor, right? I don't know if you saw that one. 
going on. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin Johnson got attacked by this guy for in Sacramento. He's the mayor, former NBA all-star. He threw, attacked him and, like, threw a pie in his face. Well, they came and, and arrested the guy and this and that. But before that, KJ, you know, he's still a human being and a man. He, he gave him a little two-piece of the biscuit. So uh, <laughs> you learn your lesson, you know. Don't just roll oh up on cats throwing pies in their face. I just want peace, man. Can 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 we all this just get a little bit of peace? Pie. No, it's definitely not. And we're looking forward to that, you know, a little bit of levity and, and fun. So I, I think that um, Doug Baldwin is, 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 and Chip Kelly said some really great things, too, when he was, you know, supposedly this accused as a racist a year ago. I thought Chip Kelly was very insightful. So, you know, I, positivity is coming. We might have to wait a little bit longer, but it's coming, Ray. Well, it's also interesting that athletes are particularly vocal in this, you know, wave of what's going on where – you know, we've had a void of almost 20 years, really, 30 years, where athletes have kind of been, you know, I look at Michael Jordan in particular, but, but really athletes have been silent on social issues. And, you know, you, you don't have to say anything. You're not obliged to, but people say, look, right. the athletes, the kids hold them in high esteem, and if they say things that are intelligent and are worthy, you know, they've got a built-in audience. So people fight to get the notoriety and the – and the, you know, kind of respect and the street cred of these athletes. Athletes have it just by virtue of having succeeded and gotten to where they've gotten in life. So it's interesting that this is becoming sports and social issues are becoming so intertwined now where for many, many years they were so separate. But doesn't it have to? Doesn't it have to? Because it's 2016. We've got this sort of division and this political climate with the two candidates. And at the same time, since Ferguson – it's been, I feel like it's every other week. I mean, how many times are we having this conversation? I don't know if you saw Blackish last year when they had the episode and they were talking about a police shooting, you know, or, or black men being killed. The, you know, they had the, the joke, but it wasn't, it's, it's not really funny, right? It was like, oh, is it Eric Gardner? No, no. Oh, you mean, you mean the guy in Missouri? No. Oh, the guy in Chicago? No. Oh, the guy in New York? No. The guy in D.C.? No. The guy in South Carolina? It's too many. And everyone sees it, right? And now with camera phones and stuff like that, cops can't just sweep stuff under the rug and get away with, oh, I don't want to release my camera and my video because everybody has cameras. The truth is in your hands. And I think the world has changed. So it forces athletes because, you know, they could get, you know, if someone doesn't recognize they're famous, they could get killed or pulled over and shot too. You know, I mean, Stephen A., he was talking about getting pulled over on Columbus Avenue. And then after a while, the cops all cursing at him. And then after a while, the cop was like, oh, oh, don't you recognize him? That's Stephen A. Well, a lot of people aren't Stephen A. <laughs> and should be able to go home even if they're pulled over. So, it's, Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, and the other thing is life is precious. Out. I mean, let's, let's live another day. Oh, you know, let's, let's have some let's, value for life, right? Figure out a way, and if it, you know, if it means to to talk about this the next day, to to go to court, to go wherever, all that stuff is secondary. And primary, you know, you you want to save lives. I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. Is too many people are dying. I mean, I, I don't know, 
what's causing it, and it almost doesn't matter. It's like let's let's keep everybody alive, and then we'll worry about all the other stuff. But anyway, let's jump into sports because this is what we're, let's tra- jump this into what we're trying to do. Ray, before to- the football, we gotta talk the b ball. Can we just salute? 21 years of Kevin Garnett. We thought it would happen, but now it's official. Kevin Garnett of the Minnesota Timberwolves, where he started, is retiring. You know, had a, a spin and a championship spin in, in Boston, an MVP in 04. Um, you know, early stint with Minnesota. Maybe some say he might have choked a little bit, but he was in a tough Western Conference, banging up against. Weber, Rasheed Wallace, and Duncan for years and never really had a help except for Gugliotta and Marbury. Goes to Boston, gets that chip. And I want to ask you, when you think of him, Kobe, and Duncan, maybe the only other retiree class that you might really compare that to is Stockton, Robinson, and Jordan. How do these two classes match up to you? Which one would you take? I mean... Uh, look, he's got one ring. Kobe's got five, and Timmy's got five. So they have eleven of the last twenty NBA titles. So that's pretty. That, that's pretty darn impressive. And he was the first guy of the the, the new like modern era high school, yeah. high school kids. Farragut High School. Now everybody thinks he's from Chicago. He's actually from South Carolina. And as a junior, he moved up to Chicago and played his senior year at Farragut Academy in, in Chicago, knowing that he he was an NBA prospect. But this guy was as intense a competitor as there was ever, you know, in, in the NBA. He got under your skin. He talked a lot. He tried to get in your shorts. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was never a lack of effort, and it was never a lack of, you know, trying and, and leading his team – and he's a perfect example of how free agency, in this case he was traded, but free agency can help a team and help a guy. Because if he had stayed his whole career in Minnesota and never oh. had won, then that would have been a problem. For him, I mean, it would have been a problem also for us because we wouldn't have thought of him as a champion, but he would have been no less of a player. You know what I mean? So exactly. so you look exactly, at history yeah. a little bit differently because of the what was it four or five years that he four years maybe spent in in um in Boston then obviously went to they went to New Jersey you know with to the Nets sorry with the, uh, Brooklyn yeah. nothing really happened there then he went back to Minnesota but the point was this guy was in an in an era also the other thing that that comes to mind with Kevin Garnett is that he was in an era when the point when sorry when the power forward position was in its glory i mean dominant. think about it dominant dominant you talk about rashid wallace dirk nowitzki tim duncan kevin garnett uh you know and the list chris goes Weber. on and on and on chris webber dirk nowitzki and, yeah. And yeah dirk yeah i said dirk the, the, the list goes on and on and on and, and this position was the marquee position and he's a seven footer Except he was a a seven footer who was. He's one of the earlier stretch fours. He's definitely one of the earlier stretch fours. He had a great jumper, handle, versatility. Jumper, but he also rebounded. He also rebounded and he also played defense. So, really, the complete player and just, but it started with his motor. You know, that that's usually a football term. It started with his motor, though. He was always the, the, the guy, intense, you know, almost like Duke, slapping the floor, 
Let's go. Mm-hmm. So you combine talent with determination and drive and competitiveness, and that's how you get you get Tim Duncan. I mean, uh, that's how you get Kevin Garnett. <laughs> also yeah. And you know what? Duncan a great a great leader too in his elder years. I think. Um, I think uh, Minnesota will miss him. I mean, obviously they're moving forward with Thibodeau and stuff, and it's time for him to retire. But uh, he definitely <clears throat> he he he's a trailblazer, and we will miss him. So real quick before we get to Thursday night football with the Bosch, look, NBA will talk about it. It's coming, folks. Training camp opens Tuesday, but with Bosch, he failed the physical for the Heat. I guess they can get some of the money back. Is it just that he's is he just going to be done? And it, will he be done reluctantly? Because I don't think he wants to be done. <laughs> How does this play you know, out? I, it's kind of weird, right? It's hard for me to handicap because yeah. I just don't have a natural feel for this because it's medical. You know, the only thing I can go back to is Alonzo Mourning. When he was traded and then eventually went to Toronto and then kind of got out of that deal and then went back to the Heat and the Heat said, well, you can't play because of your kidneys. And then he was on the medication and then he was off and then he missed a year. But he ended up playing. He ended up coming back. And, and everybody said, look, man, you know, you got a family. You got a life off the court. Don't do anything on the court. Athletics is not that important. Don't do anything on the court that's going to jeopardize your life. You know, we talked about that. Life think is, of Hank is more important than everything. Reggie you talk Lewis. about, yeah. You talk about Yinka Dare. You talk about, yeah, or people that died on the court. But you talk about Hank Gathers. You talk about uh, uh, your boy up in Boston. Um, oh, God. Reggie Lewis. Yeah. Reggie Lewis, right. Reggie, Reggie Lewis. Lewis. And then other guys, you know, in their prime, that Lenny buys, obviously, different circumstances. But, you know, you got to stay alive, my man. And, and, and really, and I hate to say this, but you've accomplished, you know, two titles. 11-time All-Star. 11 times. We said it. We said it. He's, he's borderline, but he's a, he's, a, he's a Hall of Famer. There's not that much left that Chris Bosh can and needs to do. So, to me, as hard as it sounds – Man, be with your family, you know, just don't yeah. risk it. If if the NBA doctors, who you know their bias is to let you play, right, they're, they want to see you on the court. So if they're saying you are not clear to play, that's a huge red flag. It's not like, oh, well, you know, the, the play, another week, another two. They just, they just don't clear you to play. So – I don't know if a month or two or six will make a difference, but this is the second straight, or this is going in the third straight season where he's had these medical issues that will keep him off the court. So I, I, I don't it's, know. It's I mean, time to, it's time I'd to have on. to get in his ear and just say, hey, he's got five kids. Yeah, he's married no, with five kids, Chris. And this is a smart, intelligent guy. Yeah. He went to Georgia Tech. He he he'll have a post career. And I think he'll even land in the media. You know, he's done well on TV before, on first take and stuff. So he'll Didn't be he fine. Did he have his own, like, something with television and me up in Toronto? He has, like, like ChrisBosch.tv or something like that. I mean, not exactly, but Probably he had something so. going on with the media. So he's very media savvy. Yeah, I would say, you yeah, know, five kids it past him. and your wife, to me, that, that needs to take priority right now. Like you said, 11-time All-Star, two-time champion, You've you've done big things in the NBA, and the NBA's gotten you, you know, uh, to, to to the point where financially you're taken care of. 
I would say don't even risk it. Just just go be with your family. Well, right now the family of New England and the Patriots is smiling because without Brady, Garofalo, and a whole bunch of other fellas, they are three and zero. Now you got to worry about your winning quarterback. Last night the rookie hurt his finger, so they'll but they have, have to bring days, in. So that helps. Right, right, and they'll probably bring in a Yates or Flynn to uh, be a practice quarterback, and hopefully next Sunday Garofalo or Brissett will be able to start. But I think Ray last night, and Mike Irving joked about it on Twitter. I had to retweet it, you know, in terms of you know, renaming the Lombardi Trophy, the Belichick Trophy. And, you know, I don't know if we I'll go that far, but I think Lombardi, Shula, Belichick, he's, he's up there. He's fourth all-time and wins. But I think what we saw was a clinic. And that team, that defense, the, the construct of their offense, LeGarrette Blunt, Blunt winning however they have to win, playing the perfect matchup zone so they could only throw down and outs and got Hopkins some, you know, passes and taking away all their deep passes where the other previous week the Texans were hitting Fuller and Hopkins deep. It was a a beautiful game plan, and it just was a master class for O'Brien and Romeo and all the Vrabel, all the expatriates on one sideline, and Bill's like, remember, I'm your daddy. I taught you. And I – I didn't think that they would have – I thought they could win. I, you know, I said 26-24 Texans, but 27 nothing, Ray? My yeah, that, that's the part that blew me away. And by the way, Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time. I, 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 I just – there's no – in yeah, my no, mind, he I, I got that probably it, yeah. last year when he took a, yet another team to the Super Bowl. He is really – you know, he makes lemon lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> he took – you know, obviously he's had Brady. But think about the revolving yeah. door of wide receivers that he's had, running backs that he's had, defensive guys that oh, he's yeah. had. And think about – he's the opposite of Bill Parcells in the sense that, remember, Bill Parcells at the end in Dallas was like, look, if you want me to cook, you got to let me buy the groceries. Well, Belichick gets to buy the groceries and cook, and he's the best of both. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. As much as you you hate him in press conferences and he's snarky and he's all you know deceptive in, in, in what he says to the media. But the critics would guy, say, why cheat then? Why why push the envelope to cheat? Because there's definite evidence that there has been true. some sort of cheating along the way. So if you're so great, then you know why cheat? You're you know you're he's what. Two, he's got six rings, two as a coordinator. He's got the two losses, um, you know, but, but why? Like, that's the only question that I would have. Like, why, why are you videotaping the Rams before the Super Bowl? Maybe videotaping the Panthers, the Jets during the season. Oh, when the Dolphins were up in New England this year, they were having trouble in their headphones and their headsets. This happens to every team when they go to New England. Why, why, why? You know what I mean? No, That's fair, the only fair question. Thing. It's like it's like NASCAR, right? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I guess that's his uh, mentality. No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. That, and that's that's going to be the small asterisk that goes by his name. Hold on, we got a caller right now. Maybe he wants to yeah, talk yeah, some football, definitely. some basketball. Hello, you're on the air with Ray and Tay. Who's this and where are you calling hey, from? We got Jersey here, Jersey in the house here, man. Got a quick question, uh, if, if you don't mind asking. I hate to ask it, but uh, I've been going with Minnesota's defense the last two weeks to begin with a phenomenal amount. 
but I got Cincinnati going against a Denver team on the road who kind of struggles. Got a good defense, but their offense doesn't put points up. Do you like Minnesota at Carolina as a defense? Because Carolina usually plays well there. Or you like Cincinnati at home against uh, Denver? Denver. Cincinnati oh, against sure. Simeon all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is doing nothing. I think Cincinnati's ready for a win. They've had two rough games on the road against the Jets and Steelers, and now they're ready to kind of flex their muscle. Remember, their cornerbacks are amazing. The Broncos are going to have a hard time getting open, and their defensive line could slow down C.J. Anderson. So, uh, you know, I think that people might sleep that Vikings-Panthers game might turn out to a weird shootout. I think the Panthers will win, but it might be more offense than you think. So go with go with the Bengals. Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, they got Bradford now, who I wasn't a big Bradford fan here in Jersey anyhow, but he did play He played well. But then they lost Peterson. And, yeah, he got a two-headed monster with McKenna and, I guess, Asiata. So who knows what, what's what. Again, they're, they're almost similar to Denver. Good defense, no offense. You know what I mean? The defense puts the points on. And I could be wrong. No, no, Carolina, the other thing about Carolina is they they end up scoring a lot in second halves because they wear you down, they wear you down, and then Cam runs for 15, and then Cam runs for 12, and then Cameron Arthur Payne or somebody else moves the chain, and then boom, Calvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. So I I would say that that Carolina, I still look at their roster, and I I don't know how they're a leading offensive team in the league, but they they put up a lot of points, especially second half when they tire out the defense. So Denver still hasn't proven that they can move the ball. Remember, they scored two defensive touchdowns in the fourth quarter. If it weren't for those yeah. touchdowns, they'd be in a lock. They'd still be playing. They'd be in a 24-24 game right now, you know. And if Carolina's kicker kicked the darn field goal, they would have beat Denver, you know what I mean? So it, 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 it happens. Hey, last question. Um, I, got, I got good running backs. I got D'Angelo Wynn for this week and, you know, David Johnson. I have Spencer Ware. You got both Avon. of those guys. That's that's pretty uh, yep. nice. Oh, that's why I'm 2-0, oh, man. I put, I put weekly highs up. I scored 189 points the first week, 195 points the, the week. And that's with Bortles as my quarterback. Um, I got Landry wow. and Robinson. And my, Landry and Robinson are my receivers. It's PPR league. Right is now, it PPR? Yeah. Wait, hold on. PPR or no PPR? No, it is no, PPR. PPR. It is PPR. I got, okay. Yep, I got Definitely go with D'Angelo Williams against the Eagles. Yep, I got him. And Remember, I got, I got this is his last game starting. So he's he right. wants to go into week four being the leading rusher in the NFL, and he can do that. He only needs like like 69 yards. Definitely go with D'Angelo because the Eagles the Eagles yep. have played good, but remember they played the Bears and the Browns. So I think right. the Steelers are going to have a little something for him. I agree. I agree. See, it's, it's, it's between Spencer Ware is my flex or Sterling or Shepard Sterling. I think Shepard Sterling. That's who I got in there now. Because what's it called? It's going to have Norman on him, Odell Beckham. So I and Spencer Ware, the Jets. Oh yeah, yeah. Sterling Shepard, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, Jamal Jets Charles still might get some carries. So Spencer Ware against I, the Jets. I'll tell you what. I'll bet. I'll bet dinner that Charles doesn't see the field at all this week. You want to know why? Fat boy Reed, because I know Reed how he is when he was with the Eagles here. He will uh, too tough of a <laughs> too tough of a defense. Too tough of a defense for Charles. He'll save him he another week. Else. Yep. Yeah, well, I knew. Well, my kid was friends with Childress. When Childress was the offensive coordinator here, he made good money, and he didn't even call the plays. You knew who was calling the plays? Andy Reid. 
So I was going to see Andy. <laughs> well, tell Andy Reid to run the football. We would kept. Oh, we, uh-huh. we would kill him. We would be like, look, you got Brian Westbrook on the team. You got like quality yep. backs. Run the yeah. football. Yep. Yep. Andy Reid was like, my fault, my fault, my fault. Every game for ten years, my fault, my fault. The dude never corrected anything. You know what I mean? I was His not. His management was, is horrible too. Oh my oh, god, we've man. seen the cheese a bunch of times. Yep. It's it's, it's horrible. It's, it's, yep, and, and like the Peterson first year being head coach, his clock management's not bad. Granted, I like Wentz going forward. I'm glad to see they gave him a chance. He had his two preseason games, which was Chicago and Cleveland. Thank God he had some easy stuff. It's going to get tougher, but the man's he's he's, he's managing the clock. He's not doing turnovers. You know, uh, they got a first round pick for Bradford, so that was a steal. So hey, they're they're ahead of the thing. And like Wentz said, is a Steelers, winner. Wentz is definitely a winner. The Eagles, let me tell you something. Give it a year of free agency and a year of the draft. Next year, the Eagles will be competing not only for the division title, for the NFC championship, because they're a wide receiver away, a lineman, and maybe one more good corner. Yep. Yep. And I tell you what, if if Beckham, um, (laughs) they gave away a reserve lineman, if Beckham can catch on, the guy they got from Tennessee, he's not bad, but they need – some kind of burner, like you said, a stud, you know, like like a, like a you know, like, like like a Beckham, like 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 Giants have. But this Beckham here, God knows what he could be. But yeah, I agree. I think they're a uh, uh, a receiver away. Running back, they don't have that thumper, and they do have a lot of guys they move around, which is good too. But like you said, if those young linemen get that they drafted this year can come in, because it looks like Lane Johnson. I guess he can play the week four. I'm sure he's going to get suspended ten games. So we'll see what happens with that offense. But, again, I never expected them to be playing as good as they are. The only way you learn to be good is by playing. You can watch all day long on there until you're out there doing it. That's where you get to experience some play he's in there. So, guys, I really appreciate the advice. Thanks for calling, man. I appreciate the call. Good luck this week. We want you to call back 3-0 and next week. I'm hoping, man. That's what I'm looking to do. You know what I mean? Are you guys on Friday nights? Is that what it is? That's what you guys are Yeah, Monday and Friday nights. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you for the uh, All right. advice. Have here. a good weekend, All right. Be good. Good Have luck. Have a weekend, too. Yep. Thank, Thank you, Monday. Yep. Right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Great, great call. So let's get to these games. You know, there's not much more to say about the Patriots. We're not going to pick all of them, but we start right where the caller took us to, Denver at Cincinnati. Um, two and a half points. It's jumped up to three. Ray, I'll let you go with the NFL first. I'll take the college first. What's your thought on this game? Denver, to me, still doesn't really have an offensive identity. They're obviously a defensive team. (laughs) Don't know if Simeon's the answer. No DeMarcus Ware, though, this week. No DeMarcus Ware, right? Broken, was it forearm? So they're not as good defensively. Cincinnati, again, is a great regular season team, and at home – uh, they're big, you know. Obviously, they're, they're missing Tyler Eifert, their big tight end from last year. But there's a chance he can play this week. Slight chance he might get in. Slight chance. Okay, so let's say even if he plays 10, 10 15 snaps, not not the production that that, that they would need. But I, I got to think that that this uh, they they win and cover the Cincinnati Bengals at home. I think that they'll they'll figure out a way between Hill and Bernard to keep some of the pressure off of. Dalton, get A.J. Green a little bit of love, even though there's some great corners in Harris and Tlaib. Uh, but I, I still think that they've got too much at home. And Denver, 
playing from behind, as long as you don't have two defensive scores like they had last week, that uh, I think the Cincinnati Bengals will win. I think they'll cover actually pretty easily. I think they'll win by you know maybe a touchdown. So I'll say 27-20. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in there. I'm actually going to even go like 26-17 just because I don't think uh, the Broncos will be able to score that much. And emotionally, mentally, they're going to. See how that goes. So, more big games. Minnesota at Carolina. Tell me what you're thinking. Four and what? Two and a half? No, six and a half spread. Oh, this Minnesota team, they did it last year without Adrian Peterson. They stuck around. They played what they needed to, or two years ago. And then, and then uh, they've played without this guy. And, and McKinnon and Asiata have both picked up where Adrian has left off. But I think it's too much because Bradford will be in his second game. This kid, Stephon Diggs, is turning out to be the man. And if Laquan Treadwell and Kyle Rudolph can just pull their weight, this team eventually will be pretty darn good offensively, no matter who's the quarterback, whether it's Bradford or Teddy B comes back. I just think they're just not ready. They're not there yet. And so, like we talked about a little bit before, this Carolina team is too tough, especially in the second half. you got these big wide receivers in Funches and, and Benjamin. You know Cam is Cam, and they just pound you up the middle with the, with the body blows. And even if Jonathan Stewart's not there, they, they, can, they can get you between Tolbert and Cameron Artis-Payne. They, yeah, Cameron Artis-Payne is starting. Enough mm. that they'll just wear you down. So I, and at home, and with all that's going on in Carolina, the emotions just, uh, too much, too much posse. I just, I just think they're too much, and, and I don't know that you think Minnesota. They cover? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Minnesota can yeah. play from behind even. So I think they win pretty easily. I'll say thirty-three twenty-four, Carolina. Pretty much the same as you. I'll say 30 to 20, and I'm looking for Greg Olson to kind of step up and have a, a, a big game, probably the fantasy stud. And um, Minnesota, they'll you know they'll be in it for the first half, but like you said, that that second half. And I think right now we're seeing Calvin Benjamin. Uh, he's kind of unguardable. The fact that he lost weight has made him look faster and sleeker and. He's not a tight end anymore. He's now a legit receiver. So watch out for the Panthers. We got the rivalry game. You know we got to pick this one. Washington at the Giants, 0-2, going to 2-0, and four and a half points. Do you think the Giants can cover that or even win it? You know what? I'm going to get crazy here, and I'll say that the Washington Redskins put it on the Giants. I'm going to say that the Redskins that are so fired up, and the Giants are a 2-0 and team, but they may be the worst 2-0 and team out there. They're not that good. They should have lost and could have lost both games. Uh, they were lucky to beat New Orleans with that blocked field goal for a touchdown. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then to go down the stretch like that, I just think Washington is one of those teams where – on certain weeks, and this is what frustrates you probably as a, as a Redskins fan, all those Redskins fans mm-hmm. out there, certain weeks they look good. Certain weeks Kirk Cousins looks like, oh, yeah, we made the right decision, you know, going with him over RG3. Oh, yeah, we he's the guy that we might want to sign to a long-term deal. Now, 
the next week he might turn around and, 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 you know, give it right back. But I just think he's had two mediocre weeks. That combination of Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Reed throwing Pierre Garçon, they make plays. So if they can get something from Jones and Thompson out of the backfield, I just think they're too much. And this Giants offense hasn't really clicked. So even though this game is in New York, even though this game is in MetLife Snoopy Stadium, the Redskins (laughs) are primed to break out of that slump. And your boy Josh Norman is back on Odell Beckham. (laughs) And uh, Sterling, you know. They'll play nice with each other. (laughs) Yeah, they'll play nice. They'll be fine. They're competitors, but I think they'll be fine. I just think that the Giants are struggling on offense. And Washington's gonna gonna find a way to put it on them. So I got Washington winning thirty one twenty four. Very similar, and I think this game will have a lot of fantasy stats. I think both offenses will move the ball, um, but I don't think the Giants will get in the end zone. Look, the Giants sometimes they don't win the big games that you think they should win at home and sometimes they don't handle the success and i think that they're going to wind up being two and one four and a half points is too much but i think the redskins just win straight up and straight out i'll say a weird score uh 29 20 and the redskins i think you're going to see this is the game where jordan reed shows why he's the number one, number two stunner, but right now the number one stunner at tight end. Two touchdowns, like eight catches. He, he's going to dominate the Giants linebackers and safeties. And uh, Norman and Beckham, you know, it, it'll be – Beckham will get four or five grabs, but he's not going to explode. He might see the end zone once just because the kid's got talent and he's got speed. Look out for Victor Cruz, though. You know, Victor might show up a little something, him and Shepard. But I got the Cousins, Kirk Cousins getting it done, and uh, Jordan Reed's the man. So 29-20. Next up, Ray, we got a good one. Our New York Jets are going to Kansas City. Brandon Marshall and Decker are banged up and Inoue. But I think they're all going to play. But I think Marshall, not looking so good. I think it's jumped up to three points instead of two and a half. Kansas City's favored. What do you got? You know I'm a Jet fan. You know I'm ready for my Jets to win the game. (laughs) But Arrowhead's a very difficult place to play. And Uh, when you're not at 100%, it's even tougher. And like you said before, when the curler from Jersey called, they might get a sprinkling of Jamal Charles, which even a sprinkling of him, you got to be, <laughs> he's a home run hitter. So you got to be ready for him. And Jeremy Macklin and, and Kelsey and Alex Smith doesn't turn it over. doesn't make great plays, but he doesn't turn it over. So to me, Fitzpatrick and Alex Smith are, are, are both kind of in that second or third tier quarterbacks. But Fitzy makes plays, but he he turns it over. Alex Smith doesn't make as many plays, but doesn't turn it over. I just think that 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 Chiefs defense is pretty darn good, and they can take the air out of the ball on offense. Just keep matriculating the ball down the field, first down after first down, time of possession. I think the Jets get frustrated. I think Fitzpatrick tries to make a play or two, has a couple turnovers, and I just think Arrowhead that those fans there are the difference. So Kansas City wins. 
I'm not mad at you, and I totally agree with everything you said. And Arrowhead is usually, you know, exactly. It gives you three points advantage just because of the stadium. But the Chiefs' defense has not played well. I don't feel like they've been getting Kelsey involved. They've mainly been passing the Spencer Ware. And I think even banged up, you know, Marshall might still be able to give you three or four catches, but Decker and, and Quincy, the Nigerian nightmare is, um, you know, perfectly fitted, right, because he's going to go where Christian Okoye played. I think Matt Forte will, will be the shining star and lead the way, and the Jets shock the Chiefs. I think this is um, Todd Bowles' coming out party in terms of just getting the defense on point. I don't think they've got the receivers to burn Revis, you know, not Chris Conley, and, and I don't think Macklin. And I think the Jets win a, a tough battle, 26-24, and I think it's uh, Forte to the left, Forte to the right, Forte all day and all night. Five catches, 60, 70 yards rushing, maybe two touchdowns, Jets win. So next up, Ray, the 2-0 and o battle. The Pittsburgh Steelers are traveling oh, to the Philadelphia, the Keystone rivalry game to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Steelers on the road favored by three and a half. What do you say about that? So you know me. It breaks my heart to root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you know <laughs> what? I can't stand the Eagles. <laughs> Not an Eagles fan. But no, I'm going to call it like I see it. And what yeah. I see is pain. I seriously see some pain. This is an in-state game, so really traveling from Pittsburgh to Philly is no big deal. Pittsburgh is going to put it on the Philadelphia Eagles. They are not a legitimate 2-0 team, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're just okay. Carson Wentz, everybody's excited, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. So I think that you guys are going to put some pressure on him, throw some schemes at him, and offensively, he's going to be playing from behind all game, which let's see if he can do that. Let's see if he can come back being from behind. I just think your offense is so explosive, and you'll be able to take advantage of the fact that they don't have a consistent running game. I mean, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproul, they do some things, but ultimately they don't have playmakers on that team like you guys do. Uh, and this is without – my main man, Le'Veon Bell, who will be back, you know, next not next week, but the week after. The, or next week, I guess. Uh, next week, baby. Only three yeah, games. Yeah, next yeah. week. I think, I think the Steelers just have too much. I think they put it on them 38-23. I think it's a blowout. That's a pretty good score right there. Uh, I don't even know if I could say a different score. I, I agree with everything you said. I think Carson Wentz is a young stunner. Um, I think he benefited from the schedule, but he looks like he's got the poise. He's, you know, uh, listen, these young quarterbacks are, you know, proving some of these scouts and GMs wrong. These young guys are playing above their, you know, their their head level. But I think Antonio Brown is going to truly bounce back after, you know, the Bengals secondary last week. I do think D'Angelo Williams will be able to continue to get his rushes and, and some receptions. I think Jesse James does a little something, and we're going to see some Sammy Coates. I say Big Ben goes off three touchdowns, 300 yards, definitely in a fantasy stud. 
Steelers defense puts a lockdown on the running game of Ryan Matthews, and um, they don't really do much in the passing game. So I'm going to say this one winds up being like, uh, I'll say 30 to 17 Steelers win this one. So we don't have a great Sunday night game. We can keep kind of moving on to college, but I would say this. The rest of the schedule, is there any game, Monday we'll do the Monday night, is there any game that you see sort of a pseudo upset? You know, like a, a team that's, you know, maybe traveling on the road and they're underdog. Do you, is there any upset besides the games we picked do you see this week? Well, there's a couple, right? I I still believe Green Bay is going to the Super Bowl, but not by the way they're playing. So can Detroit it's go in there? You got to watch that Lion game. You're right. No, that, yeah, you got to watch that Lion game. You got to watch that offensive line. They're out of sync. So Green Bay is in a little bit of trouble. So 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 look for Detroit potentially to give them trouble. Um, San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle can't score. So mm. if you can't score, Kelly and surprise them. Chip Kelly's mm. offense only has to put up 17 or 20. You know what? Maybe. Maybe keep it on. I gotta believe Seattle game. wakes up this week. I do too. You know, I, I like too, I like the Chargers, Ray. I think they come to Indianapolis, and I think Rivers outduels Andrew Luck. I like the Chargers it's through all the injuries and everything. I think they still here's they one now. Now you know they they're gonna burn me an effigy out there in Arizona because uh, they 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 don't love what I say. But you really think with a banged up point, Sammy Watkins, Buffalo could do something? At a certain point, now if this was this was in December, maybe. But at yeah, a certain point, that is, Buffalo offense has to wake up. And at a certain point, you know, Lashawn McCoy uh... two three years ago was the best <laughs> offensive player in the game. And, yeah. you know, I would, don't think this week. <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, be, beware. It's a one o'clock start. It's a, you know, a West Coast, not exactly West Coast, but almost yeah. West Coast team flying. You know, it's the, the most country. competitive game that people are sleeping on. Titans Raiders will go down to the wire. I think that this is a toss up. I, I would say the Titans might surprise people win. A lot of people go on the Raiders. I think the Titans can win this game, but this might be the closest game of the weekend. Maybe, and two young teams. You know, those are teams that both from fantasy but also just real football, you like to see development of all those young players, you know, on those teams, Amari Cooper and and Carr, Mariota. You know, you want to see these guys develop and and, and these young studs really step up because I'm kind of getting tired of these old guys that we see every week. You know what I mean? I want some (laughs) young cats to come in here and start taking some of their – I got Taking some real young time. cats for you. I got some young cats for you, and they play on Saturday. Let's start off. We got four 20, top 25 matchups. Let's start off with the number 12 Georgia Bulldogs going to the number 23 Ole Miss Rebels. Right? This one is going to be a goody-goody. Um, you know, they don't get the top billing that Florida and Tennessee are on CBS. But this one right here is definitely going to be fascinating. And I think at the end of the day, I don't necessarily believe yet in, in, in Eason for for Georgia. And I think Chad Kelly, if he's not playing Bama, I think he, you know, can yeah. can take care of the rest of the SEC. You know, 10 touchdowns already, and I think the guy is, is a legit stud. You know I love Nick Chubb. And I think he'll be able to, to do his because the Ole Miss defense is not what it 
was a year in the last two years. Now, but you at can't the end lose of the all day, those people in the draft and still be that good. Exactly. At the end of the day, I think you're going to see an Ole Miss team that is just ready to explode. Georgia's ranked higher, but I don't think they're necessarily better. So I'm going to take Ole Miss over Georgia, and these two teams might flip-flop in the in the rankings. But I think that they're going to uh, – they'll wind up – I'll go 35-27 if they go Ole Miss takes care of Georgia. So here's what I'll say. Just look at who they played up until now. Georgia opened up against Carolina in Atlanta, so not exactly a home game, but but almost a home game for Georgia, right? Then they and they barely won. They needed to come back in the second half. They beat Nichols by two points. That's a that's an FCS school, and they beat Missouri last week, twenty eight twenty seven. So Georgia is is struggling. Georgia is not really worthy of the number 12 ranking that they have. Not at all. Ole Miss has really already played. Now, they have two losses, right? But in between Wofford, they played Florida State and Alabama and played both of them very well. So yep. they're they're playing against two of the top three team, four or five teams in the country. Now Florida State's now ranked number four, right? But this Ole Miss team and your boy Chad Kelly can put up some points. So he's already almost got 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. You know, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, right? And, and as long as he stays healthy, Georgia has a chance. I think that combination of Kelly to Judd and Ingram, I like Ole They're Miss. They're good. Yeah, they're yeah. good. They're good. I like Ole Miss, and, and you know, I know we got some we got some fans down there in Athens, Georgia. Uh, I hate to say it, but you know, maybe this is the best thing because this is kind of a dose of reality. Georgia's probably not that good this year. They're they, not. They, they probably overrated a little bit. So I'm gonna say Ole Miss takes care of Georgia, and I'm gonna say it's not even that close. So Kirby Smart gets his first kind of knock on the chin. Uh, playing in the SEC, you know, you're going to get used to being knocked around a little bit. But but I think Ole Miss wins pretty easily. I think they win something like uh, – I don't know how Georgia can play from behind. That That's going to be one of my questions. You know, Nick Chubb playing from ahead is probably going to be easier for the Yeah, Bulldogs. it's going to be but, on Ethan. We'll see what he does. Eh? Yeah, I'll say something like 31 so a decently high-scoring game, but but I just think Ole Miss controls the start to finish. The overrated category would go now to the Big Ten, and I think Wisconsin had a nice win against LSU, but I don't know if either of those teams are that good this year as it's going to play out. And I think we saw Michigan State, have a quarterback that is, I think, ready to kind of. Connor, you know, that's your like, guy. I think O'Connor's ready to shine a little bit. I think they had a big win against Notre Dame and Antonio. That 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 team and that defense and just the confidence. And you know, Scott is you know a legit player who is you know going to get you those yards. He's going to get you some touchdowns, and I think at the end of the day, their defense is going to lock Wisconsin something ugly. Um, 
they're number 11. They're going to drop to the 20s. I think Michigan wins this easy. I'll say 30 to 17. Michigan puts it on Wisconsin this weekend. Michigan State, yeah. Michigan um, State, sorry. Look, Wisconsin Sparty, has Sparty. Sparty's been – and Mike D'Antonio is a defensive guy, and he's obviously been preaching defense for many years. This def, this team defensively is not as good as the past five right. years that they've been up in Lansing. However, not offensively, that bad, <laughs> offensively, and Tyler O'Connor leading the, leading the charge, they're better than they've been, you know, in the past. So I think this Wisconsin team, like you said, they showed out against LSU. They stopped Fournette cold, but they had the whole preseason to prepare for that. Uh, would they play Akron and Georgia State? No, nothing really to lead me to believe they got any better. Uh, I think that they still have struggles against that Michigan State defense. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it will be a close game, but a lot of people are actually taking Wisconsin to win outright, and I, I, don't oh, know, I think yeah. that's a little crazy. Uh, but I think Michigan State wins the game. Pretty close, low-scoring game. I'll say... You know uh, what it is? It's because they beat LSU, and people get so caught up with the SEC. Like, if you beat anybody from the SEC, all of a sudden you're uh, walking on water. And that's just... LSU's not the, the cat's meow. Did Moses beat an SEC team? <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> So I think Michigan State wins pretty, uh, you know, pretty close game. But I'll say something like low-scoring game, like let's say twenty-two seventeen. Well, now it's all about them Gators, number nineteen, without their quarterback, going to Tennessee. Now look, Tennessee, they're you know what fourteen in the country, and little pressure on Butch Jones. This is a big game. It's on CBS. You know, you got Gary Danielson and Vern Lundquist. I think this is Vern's last year. I love Vern. Gary Danielson is the best. And just listening to them do SEC games is just exciting and a pleasure. But I don't think Florida is – I think the program's heading in the right direction, but I don't think they, you know, struggled to win against what a – weird bad team last week and I just think at the end of the day Tennessee being at home I think you're seeing um, Dobbs starting to kind of get it together he's got to stop the interceptions he's already got three but you know close to 500 yards and Tennessee's got a lot of speed a lot a lot a lot of speed Um, so I think I'm expecting Tennessee to kind of flex a little and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's herd running, you know, maybe it's, you know, some of these passes, maybe you see, you know, Malone good to the end zone. He's already got four touchdowns. And um, I say Tennessee gets you, you know, Florida's still got defense. You know they can always play D, so I'll say. They've only allowed less than five points a game. Now, granted, they've played exactly. nobody. They play nobody, but, but yeah. they play nobody. But that's why I, it's not going to be like the crazy high-scoring games. But they'll 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 get enough. I think they wind up winning. Uh, I'll say twenty-seven twenty. Tennessee. Do you wins. know that they've beaten Tennessee the last twelve times they've played? So oh, I do. Florida this, has this been is this is what Bush Jones Tennessee. feels the pressure. You know yeah. this, but this is at home, and he's actually I think he's got more talent for once. Yeah. For so once, he's got more talent, right? To me, 
even though Florida is is ranked, I'm not sure they're a top 25 team, frankly. Between you and me, shh, don't tell anybody down in Gainesville. <laughs> but you'll be having also, my son upset with you because you don't like his Cardinals and you don't like his Gators. You no, I love his Cardinals. <laughs> don't get me wrong; it's just about okay. the playoffs, okay. right? It's just about can they go? That's a team that's Super Bowl or bust, really. Um, yeah. But UMass, Kentucky. And the University of North Texas mean green. That Those have been Florida's three opponents right now. Now, granted, yeah. Tennessee barely snuck by Appalachian State in the beginning of the season, game right. one, but they did come back and handle Virginia Tech, and then they kind of squeaked by Ohio. But Appalachian State's Ohio. been known to kind of, you know, put some up. Yeah, they stuck into Michigan too. four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like you. I think Tennessee handles their business. I think they are solid on defense. They're decent on offense. They'll be playing at home. They're going to be fired up. Uh, like you said, Dobbs, I have, you know, if he can control those turnovers, and obviously Del Rio's had statistically a better first three games, but I just have a feeling that in a low-scoring game, a couple of turnovers, the home team, the home crowd, 108,000, over there in Knoxville, Tennessee's too much. I think they they break the That's a bucket list street. place. From what I've heard, Tennessee's a bucket list place. Yeah, you I've, got, I've seen basketball over there. I haven't seen football. Yeah. Uh, so that would that would definitely be a, a cool spot. Uh, but I like Tennessee. I like Tennessee in this game. I'll say low scoring game, so I'll, I'll call it twenty to seventeen. Now, maybe the most exciting and competitive game of, of all the ranked opponents, number 17, Arkansas, as we like to call them, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, at the number 10, why you acting all Aggie, the Aggies of Texas A&M. This is two good coaches, I think two programs on the rise in a tough SEC that's kind of been owned by Bama, Auburn, and LSU, or Florida the last you know, decade or so, and these two programs are fighting for their respect. And I love, you, you know, I love the the Allen kid, Austin Allen for Arkansas. He's legit. Trevor but Knight think, is nice too, though. I think I think Trevor Knight has been he's been disrespected too much, right? And so I think he is trying to earn back his name and his game in the SEC. The kids, you know, already got 830 yards. I mean, Trevor Knight has been kind of lighted up, and I think you're going to see more lights because he's going to have to shine bright, and this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be one of those games where, you know, it's like third, fourth quarter, I'm going to be shooting you a text like, are you seeing this? Because I think – Texas A&M and Sumlin, and, and remember, his defense is pretty good. You know, Ben don't break, but they can get some big plays and turnovers. But I do think it's going to be hard to not let Arkansas score. So I, I, I think it's a shootout. I think Reynolds has a big game, and then you're going to see Hatcher do it for Arkansas as well. Those receivers will step up. You could probably even see the running backs, you know, do a little something. You know, maybe even, you know, Williams gets an end zone. But Allen and Knight will be the stars. 38-35, Texas A&M beats Arkansas. And Texas A&M finds themselves in the in the top eight or seven, depending on, you know, who else loses this weekend. 
Watch them Aggies. They, they they got a decent squad this year. How about them Aggies? How about them Aggies? I agree with everything you said. Um, the score, I think, will be even more in Texas A&M's favor. I think playing at home especially, they do win a shootout, and I think it's something like 35-27, um, maybe 20, yeah, 35-23 maybe. They'll win pretty easily. Uh, Trevor Knight's going to be the best player on the field, and he's going to show why Kevin Sumlin's put the ball in his hands and said, you know, you be my next Johnny Manziel. I just think that's <laughs> playing in college station too much, and, and Arkansas is hey, not he's that playing great. better than Baker Mayfield, who replaced him at Oklahoma, right? Right now that's he is. True. Shoot. That's so, true. Well, we got to go to our segment. Yo, that's my guy. Real quick, Ray, I don't sleep on Northwestern against Nebraska and Auburn over LSU. Those are my two. I smell some upsets. If I had to pick one, I would say Auburn takes down LSU. Do you think USC, UCLA or USC have a chance to win this week against Stanford and Utah or no? Possible. I think they can both play the games close, but I just think those are just two better teams. Yeah, Stanford and Utah are better. All right, so yo, that's my guy. I'm I'm going with I don't know if we've if we've lost Tay, but he's talking about yo, that's my guy, and my guy. We'll we'll wait for Tay to rejoin us, but my guy is Jamie Collins, a young stud linebacker, came out, and people thought, all right, you know what, he's just another cog in Bill Belichick's wheel. Well, you know what, he's much more than that. This guy went to Southern Miss, was an immediate starter, and slowly but surely is entering the ranks of the top linebackers in the NFL. This guy won his Super Bowl a couple years ago, was a second-team All-Pro last year, made the Pro Bowl, and is the anchor of that team. Not only that, but he plays the run, he plays the pass, he had an interception last night, and in the scheme of things, you got to put him right up there with those young stud new linebackers of this new age NFL where you got speed, you can cover, you can play the run, you can play the pass. So Jamie Collins, yo, that's my guy. Keep an eye on him. A lot of times we talk about offensive players, but I like to see defensive players who can do big things. You know, second-round draft pick, so all you guys that don't get drafted in the first round, don't get too discouraged. You can still make it in the NFL, second-round draft pick, stud. Now let's see how long he stays in New England. You know Belichick's been known once you start to get expensive, he might let you go. So Jamie Collins might be on somebody else's squad. Uh, but uh, yeah. my guy, Jamie Collins from Ooh, the Jamie. New England Patriots. Okay. Take I got that. cut Who off somehow, got? but well, listen. You know, I was talking about brown sugar. Listen, I love Jamie Collins, and I'm I'm glad you picked him. He's up there with Keekley and and these guys. I, I, I said it, D'Angelo Williams, right? So right now he's at 237 yards. He needs 61 yards, basically, to catch Legarrette Blunt. 
when he passes the baton back to Le'Veon Bell next week, he will be over, I say, 300 yards and leading the NFL in rushing. He'll probably be he'll probably get like 70 yards this week, so he'll be at 307. I say he probably gets a touchdown, and you just gotta say, yo, that's my guy because I know if Le'Veon gets hurt or if I just need him to carry it five to seven times a game, catch a screen pass. He is a solid veteran who honors his mother with the pink shoes and pays the fines for breast cancer. He's just a class act, a class guy. We loved him in North Carolina. He had some health issues. Him and Stewart would go back and forth. But now at Pittsburgh, he's definitely my guy. So that's my guy right there. I'm I'm, I'm rolling with D'Angelo. All right, well, look, we, we, we're wrapping up the show. We, we'll talk yeah. Major League Baseball more on Monday. We'll talk about that. We got the Nobody wants the wild cards, Ray, in the NL. They just keep losing. So. Yeah, the Giants, <laughs> the Cardinals, and the Mets, they're all fighting it out. And, and now they just scratched Noah Syndergaard, so uh, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, we'll talk some more baseball next week. Obviously, playoffs start week after next. But uh, have a great, great sports weekend. We'll see oh, you Oh, yeah, and enjoy the games. Enjoy uh, fantasy football. And uh, hey, look, have, look, look for some upsets. There might be some upsets. You know, we're shocked every Monday, so be shocked with us. <laughs> have a great sports weekend. We're out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.